We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's the best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day, and today is a Hawkman Hump Day. That means later in the show, we're going to help you get over the hump by hearing from Hawkman and Crowder. But right now, it's time for headlines. The Marlins may have lost the game 4-3 last night, but the Brewers lost reigning MVP Christian Yelich for the season with a fractured knee. The two play again tonight at 7-10 here in Miami. Dolphins wide receiver Albert Wilson did not practice today due to a calf injury. Finns Pats Sunday at 1. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe WQAM. Speaking of the Patriots, their newly acquired receiver Antonio Brown has been accused of rape in a civil suit. No word yet from the league on whether they will hold him out of Sunday's game. Team USA was eliminated from the FIBA World Cup, losing to France 89-79. This snapped the men's 58-game winning streak in international tournament play. Kane's third-string quarterback, Nikosi Perry, was absent from practice today due to personal issues. Miami holds their home opener Saturday against Bethune-Cookman. Rumors continue to swirl that David Beckham is meeting with Lionel Messi in hopes of luring the soccer superstar to play for Inter-Miami FC. The team opens MLS play in March. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A French court has ruled that a worker's death during sex while on a business trip is a workplace accident. Finally, courts got something right. And in case you were wondering, he was having sex with a total stranger. Check out the details and the rest of the story on my Twitter page, at Radio. After reports of swinging from trees and terrorizing people, the search is on for a rogue monkey in Texas. Have to get control of your monkey. And finally, a Pittsburgh man was recently saved from the back of a garbage truck after falling asleep in a dumpster. The man says he was separated from a friend late at night and needed a place to sleep, so he chose the dumpster, then woke up in the back of the truck. Hey, no judgment here. Can't say I haven't done the same. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, mostly clear, temperatures around 90. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. It's always a good morning when you wake up and listen to the Joe Rose Show, especially this time of the year with it being football season. They were joined by NFL expert Jeff Darlington. He was talking about his personal relationship with Antonio Brown and how it personally hurt to watch the Dolphins lose 59-10 to this past weekend. ESPN NFL reporter, friend of the program as well. And, friend uh, of Antonio Brown, right, too. Uh, I was going to finish that by saying also had a nice sit-down with Antonio Brown uh, about a month ago or so, or whatever it was, and uh, now we have more Antonio Brown news. So, good morning, Jeff. How are you? Morning, guys. How you doing? <laughs> how are we doing? <laughs> we're doing good, we're man. Well, what, what do you want to talk about, Antonio Brown or a 59-10 loss that you didn't have to sit uh, and be part of? Wh- which one? Anyway. I have a feeling we're going di- to dive into both, aren't we? Right, yeah, we're right. going to hit. We'll hit both uh, a 
little bit. Let me ask you um, the Antonio Brown stuff. Uh, it looks like off that that interview, you've kind of built up a pretty good relationship with him, huh? I got to know him through through that interview process. Actually, when I was uh, kind of I lined up the interview and kind of get to know him through the process and everything. And weird part about this, the tough part about this situation is this is not like this is not just the the football antics, the football drama that we can have fun with. This is a far more serious situation on both sides, both for Antonio who is defending himself and for uh, the accuser who obviously has some very serious, just disturbing allegations. So. Yeah. No longer are we treading in the water of, like, did he try to deliberately get off the Raiders to get to the Patriots? Now we're talking about some, uh, unfortunately, very, very serious stuff. Are you, uh, I'm guessing you're going to be up in New England covering this? I'm I'm guessing they're going to put you up there? I actually don't don't know. I'm flying to L.A. for another feature shoot or something else, and I'll be at the game on Sunday for sure for for Patriots, Dolphins. But at this point, um, to me, what's most interesting is just how, in in a world of immediacy where we're trying to, to get answers right away and everybody wants to know for instance is Antonio going to play on Sunday and all the questions that that obviously exist and it's like I don't know that the answers to this to that question first of all are, are most important uh and second the answers we can get right away I mean this is like some involved stuff so that to me is the most interesting aspect like what what can we even say today about this really that's that's fair to either side it's always a different story when it comes to things that happen up in new england with belichick and uh, whether it's a football story or or off the field stuff right how does this work out with belichick with this even just an accusation right now like what what happens here i know they got to be careful joe brought it up earlier because of all the aaron hernandez stuff from years ago and like how does this all work out with belichick now even though it's just an accusation well it's interesting because in 2010 or was it 2010 no it might have been before that when was it uh, it, Randy Moss was a member of the Patriots and faced accusations of violence against a woman. Uh, and he literally the next day went into the locker room and was like, this was an extortion attempt. This was an attempt for this person. They told me that if I don't pay this money by this time, that they're going to come public with their accusations. The Patriots obviously... Um, supported him until they traded him but there is precedence for this up there on on what they'll do in a ver- actually a, a situation that you know a player who obviously came in very controversial and got himself right when he was playing with the patriots um so it's, it, belichick has been down this road not not even as extreme as aaron hernandez but in a situation uh like this i mean like a uh, rainy moss face so um I don't know how to handle it. I honestly don't. I mean, this is any any situation like this needs to be treated so separately from any other situation because the second we go down the road of blanket statements and and treating one of these situations like another, we're doing a disservice both to the player and the accuser. So uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things where we're just going to have to wait it out. The uh, when, when you did your your sit down with him, which I we all thought was really really good. I, I'm I'm just curious. He he says a lot of stuff, man. Um, yeah. What was your read from the guy after spending time with him and going through and going where he's grown up and parks and, yeah. and sitting with him in that beautiful home? Well, he's certainly the most unique person. Uh, when I came out of that day feeling like, I remember, you know, even, even my wife was like, well, what was that like? like? He's the most unique person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I mean, he's he's such an interesting guy. He, he doesn't, um, he, he's got this charisma about him when you're with him on a, on a minute-to-minute basis uh, and this, this total disregard for time like he doesn't like it's like he lives in a world that doesn't have a clock and it's actually in certain ways sort of refreshing until i would imagine you have to rely on him 
in which case it would be very frustrating. So I think that's the enigma that is Antonio. In parts, people people would meet him and be around him and be like, wow, this is incredible. This person manages to kind of like float through through life. But in the other aspect, when you're in a, a world of football, and, and this is where it translates to the Patriot way, uh, that is the polar opposite of the Patriot way. And I guess that's why this experiment to me is so specifically interesting. It's The Patriot way goes against everything that he sort of does and stands for in his life. So that's where I'm kind of interested to see how this unfolds. Let me just ask you a follow-up because we've been talking so much about this. Of course, he went to Norland High School and grew up in Miami and, and everything else. What was most likely to take him down? Social media, not used the right way, being late, or something else? Yeah. What do you think it'll be? You mean, you mean with the Patriots? Yeah, with the Patriots where it doesn't work out. Well, I mean, we're, we've been introduced to a whole different set of circumstances today, right? And, and, and circumstances that we haven't necessarily, a road we haven't really been down with Antonio at this point. So how, how this unfolds, what kind of case we suddenly see here, obviously is the most important thing when it comes to Antonio Brown's future. Uh, outside of that, we talk about social media and, and being late. I, I honestly... I would honestly argue that that probably being late or not being reliable in that in that context, uh, I would say that would be the biggest challenge for him. I, I don't know that you change those stripes overnight. You can shut down your Instagram account for a little while. Um, not that he's proven to want to do that. I don't know about that. That's... Uh, but 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 like being late. I mean, the, the Patriots are going to have to bend on that. Like everybody says, you know, Antonio is going to have to figure it out. You know, because the Patriots, they don't they don't bend on those kind of rules. Well, then it's not going to work. I, I agree with you. Expect, I'm glad you said that. I agree. It's it's one thing to, to expect a guy to come to the middle a little bit, but you can't don't sign him if you don't expect if you expect him to suddenly be on time every day. That it's that's a dumb decision on your part, knowing his history. If you sign him, expecting him to completely change, it's it's just not going to happen. Jeff, interesting. Uh, you know, you were on the Dolphins beat for a while. Now you're doing the national thing, and you're going to different teams. But interesting beat to be on in the last 12 months, outside of winning a yeah. Super Bowl and the owner caught up in, with solicitation charges and starting uh, safety cocaine possession. Now this with Antonio Brown. There's a lot of news up there in New England, and it's not necessarily football news all the time. It's especially interesting because. The Patriots do so often get what we could deem a pass, right? Like, as soon as we see a troubled player go to New England, it's, oh, it'll work there, of course, you know? And uh, it, it doesn't always work. And I, I think that they, they have a reputation of obviously winning, and they have a culture that is bigger than one person, and all of that helps. But ultimately, it, it doesn't always work. And and if, if the Patriots aren't careful, you know, one of these things can, can kind of lead to a to a breakdown. But at this point, I mean, they're coming off of the Super Bowl, and it's it's tough to also uh, to suggest that it's it's not going to work with them. That's that's the weirdest part. It's, Jeff, we li- it's just a wild place. We live in a social media world. Everything's got to be on social media. I, I, I even like when I check your Instagram and stuff like that, and it's a, a quick hit on ESPN that you're putting on. Everyone does it. It's fine. Is Antonio Brown yeah. addicted to social media? Is he going to be able to live without it if something happens and he's not in the NFL anymore? Uh, that, that's a good question. I don't know that I know Antonio well enough to, uh, honestly, like, I I mean, I don't know. I go down this road all the time with these situations. You know, I don't know Antonio that well. It's not like so. I, I don't. I, I don't know that I can get into his head in that regard by any means. But it certainly seems like it. Right. You know, it certainly seems like a, a, to a, to a degree. Yeah, I understand. I actually understand why why NFL players want to fight for more independence and ability to be themselves. I get that. When you walk into the Patriots building on what seems to be your last chance, it, it, I feel like. 
personally, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm just going to shut this thing down for a while. But <laughs> but he doesn't think like that. And no, that's what makes you know, him so I don't unique. Think that's change either. Not affected he, he by stuff, man. That, you're exactly you know, right. Yep. You know the wild part though, putting the current situation aside, which I understand is a really difficult thing to do, so fresh and so new. Everybody who's been ripping Antonio for the past, like saying, oh, he screwed up this time, his career's over. He's gone from getting out of a contract with the Steelers that he didn't want to be in right. to going to a, to the Raiders and getting $30 million guaranteed to blowing that whole thing up where everybody said, now he's really done it, to winding up on the best team in the past 20 years, catching passes from the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, he's got like nine lives when it comes to this stuff. Pretty pretty, you know? pretty amazing stuff. Hey, uh, other story here in town, a uh, team you used to cover. Did you ever think we'd see a 59-10 to 10 in a rebuild sure. or tank? What were your thoughts? Man, you know, like... It's t- I get it. Everybody's screaming at, at Flores. You're tanking. You're tanking. And say it. Say it. You're, you, you've got to say it. You're tanking. But like, what do you want the guy to do? Like, what? Do, like, they are trying to fix their salary cap after years of just dismal mediocrity. So on one on one hand, you can't scream at them for for trying to finally fix this thing the right way if you don't want just year after year of six and ten and. Like, I honestly feel bad for Flores more than anybody else. I do believe that it's not going to be a one-and-done year no matter what. From what I understand the conversations I've had, he can go 0-16, and, and he's getting more time. So settle in, you know? Like, well, he's getting more time then because that thing was looking like 0-16 the way, the way it looked the other day. It, it doesn't have a lot of talent, as you, as you know. I'm not but you can't You can't trade away your best, seemingly best receiver in your your. your franchise left tackle with five days before i don't even know what it was it and expect a head coach to win i mean that is absolutely absurd the, the person i feel the worst for is josh rosen because that guy unlike flores if he doesn't come out and show his stuff he's in the exact same situation this april than he was last april on a team that has the number one overall pick in the draft that's in the market for a quarterback and that did not put rosen in a position enough to even give him an evaluation so that's where they're kind of screwing themselves in terms of why even trade for Josh Rosen if he's not even going to have a chance to prove himself worthy of the job. Jeff, you said 0-16, Flores will be fine. What about Chris Greer? Is Chris Greer, if this team really looks as bad as they are? Guys, nothing about this year. Steve Ross makes any evaluation about this year after the things that he's told everybody coming into this situation that he is a hypocrite. And I don't believe that he will do that. I honestly don't. You cannot go into this and say, we are Look, if you want to say he's tanking, fine. In a sense, absolutely they are tanking. But what what they are doing is coming in and saying, we screwed this thing up so badly over the past five years, and we had so much dead money, whether it comes to Dominic and Sue or Ryan Tannehill, that we finally have to get this thing figured out. And whether people like it or not, this is unfortunately the the road to fixing that. If Steve Ross wants to fix it in this way, take this path, and just rip the bandit off. You cannot evaluate the people who are forced to make those decisions. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting one. I, I guess season. all of us, Jeff, just thought it would be because they talked about being competitive. Obviously limited, but competitive, and they just don't match up because of, uh, you, of the situation. I mean, that, yeah. 
and I think that's the thing. Like, like Flores saying, like, we're going to be competitive. Of course the head coach is going to go out there and try to respect the game and get the guys he has to play well for him. I mean, you know, like, it reminds me of, like, that movie Major League when the, the coach comes in and is ripping the, the bikini off, the, you know. <laughs> like, of course they're going to try to rally around each other. It doesn't mean they're going to succeed at it, you know. Yeah. It's so hard. I understand it's going to be a brutal existence, and I'm not saying it's right to do it this way, but, I mean, how long have we been down yeah. here year after year? Right. It doesn't work the other way. Right. You're right. right. Six right. and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight. Uh, tease everybody with ten wins, and, and then for the next year. seven years, average to below you know, average. You know what happens, Joe? Every year you wind up with the 12th overall pick. You get yeah. some guys, a decent starter. You wind up kind of moving on from him eventually. Right. You, you sign some guys in free agency to try to patch things up. You wind right. up with a bunch of dead money there and the same crappy situation. Hey, Jeff, I'd be happy if it was a decent starter every year with that 12th pick. That doesn't yeah. necessarily work either. There you go. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Sorry, that guys. was – Yeah. Hey, hey, best thing about Jeff right now, he goes from this to a dentist. This I don't know what's going to be worse, this I or the dentist. Do. I have to go to a Dentist, right. get something in my mouth fixed. JD, we appreciate you coming on Always. this morning. Thanks, man. You, you take care Good of yourself, life. man. Thank okay. you. Should be fun this Sunday, one o'clock. Dolphins, Patriots. Someone always having fun on this radio station from ten to one weekdays. Dan Lebetard. We're going to hear from those guys next. It's the best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe show. I am Dan Day and I'm running back some of the best audio that you have heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Happy birthday to Mr. Christopher Bridges, a.k.a. Ludacris. 42 years young today. Oh, man. What can't Ludacris do? Rapper, actor, cool guy. Maybe all the same can be said about Dan Lebetard. He's always making it happen right here at 560 The Joe weekdays from 10 to 1. Earlier today, he was talking about the excitement of Bill Belichick and also USA, USA, USA. Huh? Bill Belichick generally under normal circumstances in front of the press. Uh, But in these circumstances today, uh, what you're about to hear is some fresh Belichick sound that I'm sure was no fun for him. But before we get to that, speaking of no fun, I want to tell the shipping container and the audience of just the barrage I got during the break uh, from Stugatz. I walked out to go to the bathroom. I was gone 90 seconds. (laughs) I I hit you hard, man. When I came back, he starts with, I just talked to a vampire. That's where he starts. And I spent all the time kissing the vampire's butt. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Drew Rosenhaus. He was just here. I ran into him. I was kissing his butt. He took some of our candy after saying nothing and left. Did he put any money in the jar? Because that's a big thing around here. No money in the jar. Now, he had his daughter with him, four-year-old, so I allowed them to take the candy. And but I did kiss his butt. I have no idea why. I mean, I just don't know why. I, like I am so chummy around celebrities. It's weird, man. It's a heady play. You have to in that spot. I guess he knew who you were, right? I'm not sure. I, I, honestly, I'm not certain. He told me to say hi to Dan. Oh, and he knew who you were. I'm, I'm still not certain. I introduced myself. I put my hand out and I said, "Hey, it's Stugatz." Dan Drew Rosenhaus says hi. Yeah. 
Thank you. Guys. I told him that. So he was here. You want us to tell him you say hi yeah, back? Yeah, to tell, yeah, tell Drew Rosenhaus I say hi back. Uh, he was just on with Kerry Champion answering serious questions and not answering some of them. Uh, he would not talk. He would not talk about any conversations he's had with the Patriots. You know Bill Belichick. In fact, Drew has said this. Bill Belichick doesn't want Drew speaking on behalf of Patriot matters. Like, he doesn't. Drew is not going to do things at this point or at any point that go against Bill Belichick's wishes with one of his clients. Uh, but Bill Belichick is now answering hard questions or trying to. He's trying to get ready for football. He's always trying to get ready for football, but the media wouldn't let him today because Antonio Brown, this is what he has brought with him, which was more serious than what they thought they were bringing into their huddle. They thought they were bringing a bit of a clown car into the huddle. Now the police are, you know or police sirens, even though this is a civil suit, the feeling of danger and darkness when you talk about a sexual assault is following that clown car around, and Drew Rosenhaus is doing his spinning, and here is Bill Belichick uh, being asked questions and getting testy. At On Antonio's situation, uh, both Antonio and his uh, representatives have uh, made statements, and so um, I'm not going to be expanding on any of those. Uh, they are what they are. We've looked into the situation. We're taking it very seriously all the way through the organization. Sure, there are questions, but I'm not going to be entering into a discussion about that today. Can you, Bill, are you aware of the lawsuit when you signed Antonio Brown? I'm not going to be expanding on the statements that have already been given. Don't you think the fans deserve to hear a little more from you on well, we know more, we'll say more. that you know, could impact the team? Yeah, I just said that. Don't you think fans deserve to hear a little bit more well, from you? We know more, we'll say more. Are you preparing to have Antonio Brown practice today? Yes. And are you preparing for him to play on Sunday? We're taking it one day at a time. Are you Just like we always do. Are you preparing for the possibility uh, that he could be on the commissioner's we're preparing for We're preparing for one day at a time. How much weight would the allegations against him weigh into whether or not he's playing on Sunday? Yeah. I appreciate all the questions, and that's what's been said has been said. You, know, you brought up Randy Moss yesterday. Do you think that Antonio Brown will require as much attention as Moss did to get him in sync with the team? Yeah, I didn't say that. I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know if he'll require more attention? No. How difficult or frustrating is it to have a distraction like this right at the beginning of the season? when you're Yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're working on Miami. The rest of it is we're on Miami. You've had bigger distractions before. Are you confident that this is not going to throw you off track at all? We're working on Miami. Uh, so wait a minute. It gets testy here, though. This is uh, the part where Bill Belichick, after the discomfort. That part was riveting. Uh, it was actually interesting because the dance is a complicated one. Uh, standing in front of questions while not answering questions, making reporters be more and more aggressive. Uh, over the years in football, the legendary coaches don't have to really take that barrage. That was in, in a in a bygone time, you couldn't do that to the coach because he would be too intimidating. But Belichick has to get in front of the questions. There's only one time I can remember that, that Belichick has done the interesting press conference, and it's Deflategate. I don't believe Tom Brady's relationship with him has been the same since. I think it led to all the distrust and the Garoppolo stuff. The fact that in that press conference, Bill Belichick was so eager to exonerate himself what from what he thought was a ludicrous charge that he didn't exonerate his quarterback. I think that right there, when the books get written, 
about the Patriots 10 years from now, when Tom Brady actually says anything in public that's interesting about why he was hurt by the Patriots, I bet you it starts right there where the commissioner's checking the phone and the or- you don't feel like the organization you've won championships for is protecting your back. I can't wait for those books, seriously. I mean, I won't read them, but I trust that you'll tell them, you know, to me. Okay, that I will just read them to you. So uh, here's, Just tell me, just cliff notes. Here is Bill Belichick uh, finally saying he's answered all of these questions by not answering. Can you tell us at all what Antonio Brown has said to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm done with that, okay? Anything else on Miami? Any other questions? Can you explain what you mean when you're done with it? I mean, we're just trying to find out if he said anything to you about his position and about the allegations. Yeah, and I just answered that question. Well, actually, you did. Actually, I did. Thanks, everyone. Thank okay. you. Okay, the stare. Who was the thanks, everyone? Who's, oh, who's, Stacey James. Oh, that's Stacey, is that still yeah. Stacey James? It will always be Stacey James. Still Stacey James is yeah. the media relations guy who at the end steps in like the boxer in a fight. He saw Belichick's face at the end. Actually, I did. And he's like, okay, <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up here. Thanks, everyone. Thank okay. you. My first job was in 96, and my first email was to Stacey James to get a guest. This is such an insincere thank you from Stacey James. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Okay. This is not a surprise, right? I mean, it's a surprise that it was France, but it's not a surprise. I mean, we were wheezing against Turkey uh, in overtime a couple of weeks ago. Now, if you don't know the results of this, this is it, right? They're The best they can do is fifth place, and they're playing Serbia. They're playing Serbia, which might beat them as well. Yeah, Serbia, Serbia suffered its own upset, the upset of the tournament, losing to Argentina. Who's on the French team? Gobert. They're Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think Nick Batum, Nando DiColo, did, uh, did Evan Go- Fournier. Did Gobert do crazy things? Like who? Uh, we didn't see the game. I saw they were down at the half. But uh, who was who? Who torched us? Who torched the Americans? Uh, Gobert had twenty-one points, sixteen rebounds. Fournier had twenty-two points. Uh, Team USA uh, lost eighty-nine to seventy-nine. They did have a lead late in that game, and then France went on a big run uh, to take the lead back and win the game. We lost to France. Man. We lost to the Orlando Magic and the Utah Jazz. Is what we lost to. <laughs> yeah. Well, our Utah Jazz star played pretty well. Donovan Mitchell was probably the player of the game. The problem is Donovan Mitchell in years past is probably coming off a year bench and here he's pretty much the best player pretty definitively so not enough donovan mitchells and so you do what with this dugats because our greatest players don't want to play for this thing there was a plumly wandering around out there we'll say donovan mitchell led the team in minutes by two seconds uh second yeah harrison barnes really Wow. Uh, I would say that France didn't really beat the United States. They didn't beat our best. I mean, we all know if we put our best out there, who the best country of basketball is. We all know that. Okay. Everyone knows that. All right. You right. say you know that, and that's an excellent rationalization, but there is no disputing that the gap is closed. That's not up for debate anymore because the world has gotten better. So whatever that gap was, we arrived in this tournament with the very real chance of losing to Serbia because Serbia had a better player than the Americans had. Uh, Frank Nicolina, the... Uh, New York Nick uh, draft pick, right? Yeah, he played. He played for France. Played twenty five minutes today. Yeah, had a big game. Finally, yeah, played decent. Yeah, but all yeah. these other countries have their best players playing. Like, I don't understand why this is some big scandal. Like, all of our good players said no. That's why the gap is closed. Yes, I think we always thought our second and third tier players were better than their first tier players, and we just realized that they're not. Are these second and third tier? I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a good player. I understand, and he's probably third tier, but the rest of them, like Harrison Barnes being second on your team in minutes? It's it's a bunch of above average NBA starters. Very few all-stars. Maybe Kemba's made an all-star game? Yeah, Kemba's been an all-star before, an all-star starter. It's Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum DNP today. 
So maybe that would have changed things a little bit. But really, you have Middleton made an all-star game last year. He played 18 minutes today. But no, not an impressive team. You look at the rosters, and it's not a stretch to say France wins this game, considering they have What was the point spread? Can you look up for me? Because they weren't expect France France was not one of the teams I heard uh, in the conversation. Greece was one of the teams, and Serbia was one of the teams as most likely to beat the United States. France, I wasn't hearing a whole lot of that, that you were going to get that from Gobert. But uh, the one thing that the team the team wasn't playing bigs right the team the team only played pop was only going as big as miles turner really right i think so yeah Yeah, miles turner didn't play that much he played 10 minutes today mason Plumley got less than two minutes yeah they tried to go small today they did uh so fifth place is the best they could do as you pointed out they did earn a berth to the 2020 olympics so that is secured now does this same team have to play in the olympics or do we have tryouts for that because i'd like our best players to show up for the big game you know yeah you have tryouts for that what's the spread chris good usa was favored by nine and a half Ugh, take a lot of pride in usa basketball so i'm a little upset about the loss but what are you gonna do i know what i can do Play some Hawkman and Crowder. They always put me in a good mood. Don't look now, but it is Hawkman Hump Day. So next, going to have their executive producer, Alejandro Solana, stop in and give us the skinny here on the Best of the Joe Show. Don't call it a comeback. It's the Best of the Joe Show. I am Dan Day, and I would say Hawkman Hump Day, my favorite day of the week. But that would be lying because it's Wednesday, Saturdays, Sundays, Fridays, but still one of my favorite days of the week. Hawkman Hump Day is helping you get over the hump with some great highlights from the Hawkman and Crowder show. And, of course, one of the people that makes that show go so well, executive producer Alejandro Solana. Alejandro Solana, I am not lying when I say you're my favorite guest that comes in on the Best of the Joe show. It's a big honor to have, Dan. Obviously, I love listening to the Best of the Joe show every day. Nobody does a better job here at WQAM than you do, and it's an honor to come on every Hawkman Hump Day. Oh, wow. Now you're lying, too, about loving Hawkman Hump Day every day. But, man, you guys had a great show earlier. We're going to get to that in just a second. Always having great shows. But we've got a couple other things to talk about. Hawkman has his own burger at Tucker Dukes. The Hawkman Burger. It's the burger of the month at Tucker Dukes. Uh, We talk about Tucker Dukes a lot on the Hawkman and Crowder show. And, uh, I mean... Everybody loves a good burger, right? And I know the Hawkman Burger. I haven't tried it. Tomorrow I will be heading out there. Going to be there with Hawk. Going to be there with Crowder. I think you're going to stop by as well. And I'm finally going to get my hands on one of these Hawkman Burgers. Now, if you listen to the Hawkman and Crowder show, you do some talking. They do some talking. My microphone doesn't work. So do I have to sit silent through the meal tomorrow? Yeah, you can't talk. Uh, You're actually going to be in like another room too. And then we'll just get a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you like the burger or not. I'll let you do some more talking right now. Set up this clip that we're about to hear from earlier today on the Hawkman and Crowder and Alejandro Solana show. We kicked off the show talking about the 19-point line that the Dolphins and Patriots game currently sits at. Patriots, 19-point favorites coming into Miami. It's no surprise. Super Bowl champions Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they demolished one of the better, other better teams in the AFC East. Excuse me, the AFC the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football last week, 33-3, to a 30-point win against the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. You can only imagine what they're going to do to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday after the Dolphins obviously have um, uh, kind of depleted their roster. They lost 59-10 to to the Ravens. Um, and then, funny enough, we got into, we kicked off headlines and we got into a, a possible new name for the home of the Miami Heat, as uh, most people probably know by now, 
American Airlines, the company, has relinquished the naming rights to the stadium in downtown, has been the American Airlines Arena since, I believe, 1999 when the Heat began playing there. So um, uh, have some fun with it, and definitely interesting to see what the Miami Heat and the city of Miami does moving forward. That's a triple-A heads up right there. Let's get into some of the sound from the Hawkman, Crowder, and Alejandro Solana show. The best of the Joe. I find this to be very interesting. Dolphins line is up to 19. 19 points. This is from Sports Illustrated. Where does Patriots-Dolphins rank amongst the biggest NFL spreads this decade? So we'll look at 10 years. The Patriots opened as massive favorites over the Dolphins entering the game Sunday. They opened, by the way, as a 14.5-point favorite. Right after the games on Sunday, uh, I think the Patriots played on Sunday night. So after that, they come out with the lines. Vegas has early lines or whatever. The line was Patriots minus 14.5. Went to 16 real quick. Went to 16.5. Went to 17. 17.5. 18. 18.5. It is now at 19. Dolphins are 19-point underdogs in week two to their division rival. Here it is. According to SI, if the spread holds, they say, it will be one of the five largest point spreads in an NFL game this past decade, and the Patriots will be the biggest road favorite ever in that time frame. The rest of the list, the Broncos and Jaguars in 2013. Do you remember Broncos and Jaguars? Jaguars started the season 0-5. The Broncos were 5-0. The line on that game was Broncos minus 26 and a half. I mean, that's a college line. That was just, uh, what, six years ago. 26 and a half. Again, though, uh, Broncos were a home team, and they were 5-0. Jaguars were 0-5. The Dolphins and Patriots have played one game. Yes, but that game was damning. 2011, Patriots and Colts. The Colts were 0-11 heading into this matchup. Was that the Curtis Painter? uh, Is that what his name was? Curtis Painter? That was a tank year, yeah. Yeah. They were 0-11. They had lost Peyton Manning for the season. Patriots were 20-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, By the way, the, uh, the Colts covered that game. They scored 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. They were down 31 to 3 at the end of the third quarter, and it ended 31-24. Imagine having that bet. You gave up all those points, and then they scored 21 unanswered points. 2013, Seahawks were a 19-and-a-half-point favorite over the Jaguars. It's the same Jaguars team that was uh, a 26-and-a-half-point underdog that season. Uh, Last year, was it last year, Vikings and Bills? Yeah, 2018. Vikings and Bills, last year. An ugly start to the 2018 season got uglier for the Vikings at home. The Vikings were 17-point favorites over the Bills. You know how I remember this game? Uh, Ozzy. Get him, Ozzy. That's why I stopped gambling. Uh, Minnesota was a 17-point favorite over Buffalo last season. Buffalo beat them outright. You remember that game? I remember it. I remember a buddy of mine, Ozzy, he put money. He goes, this Vikings game, this is a sure thing. Bills are the worst team you've ever seen, and the Vikings are rolling. Isn't that the year that the Vikings, was it last year? I feel like it was the season before. Yeah, their defense has been biting the whole time. They just got Kirk Cousins last year. 
I feel like it was the season before. I think it was. I thought it was the season where the Vikings had that uh, that miracle finish. Um, that was Keenum, I believe, threw that ball to yeah. uh, Stephon anyway. Diggs. And then the other one, the other big line, uh, the Patriots were 17-point favorites over the Jets in 2016, and they won 41-3. to So, again, right now, this Dolphins game, Dolphins are 19. I'm going to look at it real quick here. But the last I looked, 19-point underdogs to the Patriots. If it gets over 21, I'm betting Dolphins. Really? Yes. We talked about it yesterday. I thought about it because you asked me. If, it, if they push it up, and I think it will be close to game time, if they push it up and it gets to 21 or more, I'm going to bet Dolphins. Still 19 right now. There's some interesting games we'll talk about as we get later in the week. Um, but, like, that Ravens team – you know, do you really know that Ravens team, or do you know the one game against the Dolphins who are epically bad? Ravens are going to get their mouth bashed in here in the next couple weeks. Because the Ravens are 13-point favorite. That's the next biggest uh, favorite this weekend over the Cardinals. Now, Cardinals, and again, I'm not in love with the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray did orchestrate a nice comeback. And, you know, as the game went on, he started to get his footing a little bit. I think Cliff Kingsbury started to get a little feel, too, for what he should be doing. I'm not necessarily certain that the, the Cardinals plus 13 isn't a pretty good bet for Sunday. We can bet that one. Quarterback in his first start and and showed out in the fourth quarter. Now you think it could carry over. I was... We, we were going to talk about that today, too. I got that on my list. Like, it depends if you think Lamar Jackson, what you saw from him against the Dolphins, is what he's going to do every week. No team is going to play cover one the entire game and put Minka Fitzpatrick on the fastest receiver in the league. Like, nobody does that but the Dolphins. <laughs> Seriously, man, nobody does it but the Dolphins. Whatever the Dolphins did, no team in the league is going to do that. I'll tell you this. How many how many more games this year do you think the Ravens are going to have 600 yards of offense? I mean, you would, you would I, honestly, if you set the over-under at one – on that, the okay, good, right? Because the 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 Ravens put up over 600 yards total offense on the Dolphins. They've got 15 more games to go. Forget about playoffs. They've got 15 more regular season games to go. If I said to you, the over under on Ravens 600 yards of total offense uh, or more, would you take the over under on one game? Under mortgage. It's it's just it's difficult to do in the NFL. Extremely difficult. They're not going to do it again. They we didn't know what their offense was. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. They did so many so many different things. The and Dolphins yes, are bad, and the Dolphins are extremely bad. No, they're not going to do it. That's why I said I'm serious. If any time, if you look and that point spread is 21 or better, please put me down a couple hundred dollars because I bet that. Let's get to headlines quickly with our friend here, Alejandro Solana. The Miami Heat, who will no longer play at the American Airlines Arena. American Airlines. That's a misleading headline that you're giving there. (laughs) American Airlines announced it will relinquish the naming rights of the downtown Miami Arena. I don't care too much with Solano, who's just a huge Heat fan. He was like, oh, punch in the gut. I mean, but I think the, con- the gut. I think the contract is up. I think it was a 20-year deal, so I think they have the ability to relinquish the, the naming rights. Like, I don't think it's, oh, we looked at the upcoming schedule, and uh, we don't want our name attached to that. Like, it's, I think the deal's up. I'm not necessarily certain that I understand stadium naming rights deals too much. My take on it is this. If you're going to invest X amount of dollars marketing and having identity and association with a team or whatever and the the naming rights come with it that's fine if the actual stadium naming rights you think that that boosts your business i you know i just i don't know i know that a lot of 
stadium naming rights deals, I've seen the company then go bankrupt. You know, it was uh, the National Car Rental Center, where the BB&T yeah. Center is now, which, by the way, is changing names as well because BB&T is merging uh, with another bank. But it was the National Car Rental Center. They went out of business. Uh, up in West Palm, Coral Sky Amphitheater. It was Mars Music Amphitheater for a while. They went out of business. It's what scares me so much. We saw the mess with Joe Robbie Stadium, Landshark, Dolphin, Dolphins. Like, we've seen so many name changes. We had one stadium yeah, in Miami but, that stayed consistent. Th- this is my concern with it. Now I'll, I'll direct this towards you, Solana, because you're passionate about it. You said you're scared about it. If it was called Empty Bottle Stadium, is the team going to play any different? No, I get that. Like, I'm not being irrational about the name. Matt. Look, I get the name doesn't matter. But there is something cool about saying my entire life, yeah, the AAA. I'll be at the AAA tonight. And, like, I just like the consistency It kind of meshed well with how the Miami Heat has always presented themselves since I've been alive. Consistent, first class. Yes. And and the Dolphins. I will give you you that. I will give you that. No, no, no. When there's stability in the name, like even Marlins Park, like you know that they've tried to sell the naming rights. They've been unable to. Uh, The stadiums that go through, I'm I'm Googling right now worst stadium naming rights because there's some some bad ones too. Crowder, don't lie. You know it's going to end up being something lame because like. I have to tell you Like something lame. Like what does that do? Nothing. Like I'll oh, say, it doesn't do oh, anything. I'm not buying season tickets to the Smoothie King Stadium, no, but I mean, I'll buy it just, to that. I was just gonna mention Smoothie King. Isn't that where the Pelicans play? The Pelicans play at Smoothie King. Smoothie Center. King Center didn't sell any more tickets or lose any ticket sales when they changed the name to Smoothie King. Agreed, agreed. But it doesn't have. I, I think we said this when Hard Rock unveiled the naming rights for Dolphin Stadium. That just sounds badass. It feels right. It's South Florida. Hard Rock is an iconic brand. Like you want hard hitting going on in a football game like like there are some cool ones versus uncool ones like there's not a whole bunch of swagger walking into smoothie king center <laughs> but no the other team doesn't get scared by a name your team doesn't get encouraged no, no, by no, a I'm name just saying it does i'm literally it does nothing to the outcome on the quarter field no one is arguing that not so a you single about? person so, is arguing so that. just said i feel good it feels cool to me to say the same thing my whole life what does that mean well it feels i will good to i will you. tell you this having an airline is like i don't think that there's any super cachet with an airline either no, like but I the know, AAA just right. it just seemed cool to but say I, that I will tell you having worked with the Miami Heat um in a programming uh capacity they did not want anyone referring to it as the AAA because that gave no identity and association to American Airlines Arena and it gave identity and association for AAA which is a separate company so yes. they went out of their way to make everyone call it American Airlines Arena you'd never hear Eric Reed talk about the AAA it was always the American Airlines Arena and if it's the fault wouldn't it be Carnival Arena isn't that where Mickey well, I mean, Harrison you still owns? have to take money out of the the marketing budget for Carnival and I'm and put sure it that budget that. is gigantic oh, and uh, the, no question and I think Mickey is the owner of the Heat would give Mickey as the owner of Carnival a deal on the stadium naming rights. Each one's got their lines that they got to uh, <laughs> that they got to hit. The not Kings, doing it. The Kings play at Sleep Train Arena. Yeah, Sleep Train Arena. That's a weird. One. I'm looking at top ten here according to Sharp Magazine. Number ten is Whataburger Field. It's a Double A affiliate. Now you know. I would get season tickets just because of the name of the stadium. Yes. What a burger. That was the best meal we had when we were in Dallas. It <laughs> has nothing to do with the on the field what process. A, no one's arguing that. <laughs> what a burger field. Can we put that argument to rest? We're all in agreement <laughs> on it. What a burger field is number 10. Cheaper Insurance Direct Stadium is number nine. I say cheap. Now I would say cheap is to say cheap in your t- in your title. That's in Scotland. It's a soccer club. 
Cheaper Insurance Direct Stadium. Oh, they're frugal in Scotland. They love it. Minute Maid Park. That's in uh, Hugh, That's where the uh, uh, Astros. Astros play. And that's cool. Minute Maid. Minute Maid Park. <laughs> Smoothie King Center is number seven. Save on Foods Memorial Center. <laughs> it's that's a funny one. Why would you even call it Memorial Center? Like, like what's going on there? That's in Van, uh, Victoria, British Columbia. That is a uh, a hockey league, a junior hockey junior hockey league. Tony Macaroni Arena. This is in Scotland as well. I'm in on that one. We're at the Mac. Where? Tony Macaroni. That's nice now. This former Scottish Premier League team plays in a stadium that sounds like it was named after an embarrassingly stereotypical cartoon character. In reality, it's named after an embarrassingly stereotypical pasta chain. I'd eat it, Tony Macaroni's, man. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. Sleep Train Arena is number four. That's the Sacramento Kings. Northeast Delta Dental Stadium. I hate it. That's in New Hampshire. That's a uh, Blue Jays double-A ball club. Not a fan of Dennis. This one's always interesting. This confuses people all the time. Arizona Cardinals play at University of Phoenix Stadium, right? Yeah. But that's not – it's not University of Arizona or ASU. University of Phoenix is an online university. Like, uh, what's another online one? Like, uh, like uh, Kaiser College. Kaiser. I think, no, but I Kaiser think that's an actual. A, Kaiser has a damn. That's an actual uh, a campus. Team. Yeah. It's, what? I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Kaiser, Kaiser plays St. Thomas University this year, actually. Right after. It's a, it's a look-ahead game because they've got Columbia School of Broadcasting, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> I messed up the joke. Number one. <laughs> And number one is the KFC Yum Center, which is the University of uh, Louisville. Yum right? Center? Yeah. Because the KFC is owned by Yum, Yum Brands. Foods, right? Yeah. They own like three different uh, three different companies. You, pe- you people really care? Because I don't, but oh, you're yeah. a fan now. Yeah, I do. Honest. So y'all care about the name people, of the stadium? People care. I, I mean, care about it. It depends what you're saying, care about it. Like, would it change any decision you make or anything? No. Would it make, would it make any difference to your life? Oh yeah, no big difference to my life. My wife first, the stadium naming rights second. My think my kid third. No, no, it doesn't don't, make any don't you difference. Think David but David should jump up to second. No, I'm just saying that's how important <laughs> I find this. I've spent ten minutes talking about it. Is there anything else in your update? By the way, this is still his headlines. We'll get to that later. The NFL continues tomorrow what do you night. Mean we'll get to it later. We covered it from top to bottom. I think we have to lead off the simulcast. <laughs> with hey, I don't know if we could cover it any more than we just covered it. The NFL continues tomorrow night. The Carolina Panthers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football. Kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. on NFL Network. All right. Anything else? And Antonio Brown did participate today in his first practice with the Patriots. He was wearing number one, I guess his temporary number. We've been used to seeing him in 84. Coach Bill Belichick declined to comment on additional questions about Brown before practice, including his status for this Sunday's game. It was a very testy press conference, guys. He got a little sassy. I, I listened to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Bill Belichick did? He didn't want no A-B questions. This is going to be very interesting, obviously, uh, because the Antonio Brown allegations that came out yesterday, the league may have to step in, and what's the list that they could put him on? The commissioner-exempt commissioner exempt list, which would prevent him from playing. Yeah. The Patriots could take action, or they could say, hey, let's let this play out in a court of law. It's a civil court. It's not a criminal court. Let's let it play out. And finally, a new survey found the most unacceptable things to wear at a nice restaurant flip-flops was number one on that list that is how you get over a hawkman hump day i don't know i like the smoothie king center watched a lot of pelicans games there and this season going to be spending time at whatever they call the new arena watching some heat games and to pull louisiana and miami together 
Happy birthday to one of the greatest Canes ever, one of the greatest defenders ever, one of the greatest Louisiana high school football players ever. He's from my hometown of New Orleans, Mr. Ed Reed. He was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame and was asked, why'd you become a football player? Here's what he said. Um, I was born for this. You know, uh, football started in 1920 here in Ohio. Um, it's 2019 and I'm going into the Hall of Fame. My mom and my dad got together, you know, during championship season, um, during the championship time of the season in December. I was born in September in the fall. I'm a football guy. Ed Reed, the man, was meant to play football. So once again, very happy birthday to him. That's going to about do it for the best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you hear on this radio station over the past 24 hours. It was a Hawkman Hump Day. Just finished up with some Hawkman and Crowder. You can hear them from 3 to 6 on weekdays. Started the show off with the Joe Rose Show's interview with Jeff Darlington, getting some NFL action for you. Hear those guys in the morning from 6 to 10. And in the middle, some Dan Levitard. Always fun, always good, always on weekdays from 10 to 1. We're here from 6 to 7, Monday through Friday, giving you the wrap-up, giving you the goods, making you feel good. Going to try to get the podcast up. Give us a follow on Twitter, at 560WQAM and at Dan Day Radio. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.